Business Savvy Mama podcast episode number 96, how to balance home responsibilities to find time for yourself. Welcome to the Business Savvy Mama podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lingo. I'm creating an online oasis of fun and fulfillment designed to help overwhelmed mom entrepreneurs. I know you are deeply involved with your family and your business, but you'd like to experience better mental, physical, and emotional health. That's what we're here to do, and we teach you how to do it without sacrificing any additional time and energy. How can we do that? By showing you how to create values-based priority tasks, establish and communicate clear boundaries, and find a community that will support you in reaching your goals, all while learning skills to help you protect and maintain your most important business asset, you. I know your time is precious, so let's dive into today's episode. Do you ever feel like you have to do it all? Are you ever resentful that you have no time or energy left for yourself because you're absolutely worn out from all the working you do for your family and your business? I know I've done my share of hate cleaning when I feel this way, and I figured a few of you might have felt this way too. That's why I've brought on Janine McKinnon to talk about balancing responsibilities at home so you can have more time and mental space for self-care. Janine is a mom to two from Victoria, British Columbia, and the founder of Unapologetic Motherhood, a community where you have access to monthly content on topics like cannabis, sex, finances, women health, relationships, and so much more. Janine is cutting through the shit to talk about the real things impacting everyday moms. Welcome, Janine. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. I am excited to have you because like I said in the introduction, it is no bull around you. You are... You just give it to us like it is. And so I'm really excited to talk about this topic because I feel like no matter how well you think you're juggling it all, we all kind of have this resentment that we harbor sometimes when we feel like mom is doing 112% of the stuff and everybody else is maybe picking up one or 2%, you know? So I think this is a great topic, but before we get into that, can you tell me a little bit about what it is you do exactly at Unapologetic Motherhood and how you got started? Yeah. So like you said, we are a place to cut through the shit to talk about the real things impacting moms today. And as I transitioned into motherhood and doing my own explorations for research for how to do things my way, um, I do use cannabis. That's one of our core things we talk about. And just in the beginning, trying to look for information for me to decide like whether or not why I wanted to stop, mitigate risks, all that sort of thing. There's barely any information out there. And then as my kids got older, had multiple kids continuing to do research, it was really surprising to me how little of this information we want is there. And so that's why I was pushed to keep pivoting in my business while I found what was right for me. And that is to offer this out to people. And that's for things as simple as like women's health and our own anatomy. We recently launched an episode, Vulvas 101. And one of our members is like, oh my gosh, I'm 39. I've been calling my vulva a vagina my whole life and had no idea. And you don't know what you don't know. And so that's where I I'm inspired to help people help provide that information so we can know more about ourselves and what's right for us and how we want to live our life. 
I love that. You don't know what you don't know. And it's so true. Like there's a lot of questions that I've Googled and maybe not come up with the best answers for. So that's great that you have that community for moms that are looking for that information out there. Back to the episode after this quick break. Are you ready to minimize your daily grind in just one minute? You heard that right. In just one minute, you can pare down your to-do list by using my number one secret for creating a more focused and balanced life as a mom and entrepreneur. And what is this secret? Use my Trim Your To-Do List flowchart to streamline your to-do list so you can have more harmony in your work and home life. This flowchart helps you to decide what to focus on quickly and easily, dedicate time to tasks that move the needle or make an impact, and delete, delegate, or delay unnecessary actions to free up time for your priorities. And you can get instant access to my Trim Your To-Do List flowchart by visiting bit.ly slash trim your to-do. That's bit.ly slash trim your to-do, or click the link in the description for this episode. Now is the time to reduce your tasks and overwhelm while increasing your productivity and fulfillment. Grab your Trim Your To-Do List flowchart at bit.ly slash trim your to-do today. Getting to the topic today about balancing responsibilities, why is it that you think or that you hear from the moms in your community that moms feel like they have to do it all? Like, where are we getting this messaging from? Yeah, I think it's from all over the place. Like it starts when we're kids in our homes, seeing the family dynamic there and with our extended family. And often it tended to be more moms. I was raised by a single mom. So it definitely was a lot of moms, although I did spend time with my dad as well. Um, Among social media, we are constantly bombarded with breast is best, um, sleep train so you have time for your family, don't sleep train, it ruins your child. And all of these messages are constantly put on us for how to do things right, that we tend to absorb that all. Yeah, I think it comes from all over the place. In my experience, like with my husband, is he doesn't absorb those messages in the same way I does. He's also not exposed to them as much either. Um, I know in my family with many families, the woman tends to be the researcher in terms of real family things um, and kind of parenting and that sort of thing. And so we start to take it on. And I do think a lot of the kind of imbalance um, of household responsibilities, part of it is our fault in a way. And so I think it's because we just absorb it. We take it on. We are doing this research. We know the answers. We're communicating it. And we just start to take it on and start to do it all. And because we are the other people around us, it's just the status quo, right? So it's not necessarily to their fault that they're purposely putting it all on us. They just keep going with what's been working and oftentimes are unaware of that resentment, the rundown, and they might notice we're tired, but they really don't understand all of the different layers of that mental load and responsibility that we've taken on ourselves. Oh, yeah. I think that's so true. And I, you know, I was, thinking about a conversation that I had with my husband when we were having one of these, let's call it a disagreement about me feeling overwhelmed. And we both grew up with stay-at-home moms in our house that did not have jobs outside the home. Their job was to take care of the home and cook the meals and all this kind of stuff. And uh, I have always worked uh, ever since we've had children. And I think that, like you said, it's the example that we had growing up. 
my husband had this example of a mother whose job it was to cook and to clean and to keep the house in order and to do all the laundry and to do all this kind of stuff. And without thinking about it, I think he was laying that expectation on me, not realizing that his mom did not leave the house for 40 hours a week. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's another sort of thing that we're kind of fighting against as this many of our moms were stay at home moms still. And we still have that picture or our spouses have that picture of this is what a mom does. And this is what a dad Mm -hmm. does. And I think that there's really something about breaking that cycle of that thought of, no, it's not a gender responsibility or a parent responsibility or the person that's home responsibility. It's it's a shared responsibility for everybody in the house. And it doesn't have to necessarily be 50, 50, but it, it is, you know, it's gotta be divided up because if we're all working, we all need to be contributing to the home. You know, we, it can't just be one person's responsibility. And so I think that this leads into my next question. How do you think it is that we can start breaking this cycle, this cycle of messages that we've been given or that we see on social media and things like that? Yeah, it's like two parts, doing the own um, thinking and reflecting and then communication and communicating that to our partner. And so I always encourage people to think outside the box if you need to, but look at the ways you can lessen your load. Um, And one example I commonly bring up is it can be as simple as if you are the primary person to make dinner, make meals for your family. Um, I know that can tend to be a very stressful moment. It's the end of the day. You're already overstimulated. Kids are kind of crazy transitioning from daycare or school, whatever it might be. You're making dinner, hood vents on, you got to set the table and there's a lot going on, but a simple thing you can do just to lighten that load right there is delegate setting the table, get someone else to collect the waters that are all over the house, bring them to the table and get them to do that piece. But yeah, so in taking that moment to really think about our high stress uh, situations and how we can make that better. Another out of the box idea that has honestly been life changing for me, and it it sounds simple and kind of silly, is a robot vacuum. (laughs) Floors, yeah. (laughs) Floors were very triggering and stressful for me. Um, We have a larger downstairs floor. It takes a lot of time just to do the vacuuming. If I saw dust or dirt, it would stress me out. I knew I had to do it. So it was this whole mental load I was carrying throughout the day, every time I would pass something and then doing the actual act of cleaning it. And so one of my January seasonal depression pandemic breakdowns. <laughs> like I need a robot vacuum cleaner. I can't handle this anymore. And it's changed my life. There is no more stress or thought about the floors. If I notice it's dirty, it's not this weight anymore. I just know, oh, the robot can handle it. It's totally fine. And so thinking of these different ideas, and if you don't necessarily have a village or family support system, there are other things you can do. And it might take a little bit of extra work, a little bit of extra creativity, but it pays off long-term, say interviewing babysitters. So it might take three or four months to find the right person. But once you go through that process, you're going to be able to enjoy an exercise class, enjoy a date night, different things like that. And so it's putting in the hard work, going through that thought process, setting yourself up, and it really pays off long-term for your full mental health. Yeah, I, I really like that. I love the idea of getting the kids or the family involved, because I think in terms of breaking the cycle, like we're talking 
that's what's going to do it. Um, I know mm, yes. for my kids, what we talk about a lot is like, this is a, this is a team. We're a team and we're all going to contribute to what needs to happen. So sometimes that means you have to clean the bathroom or sometimes that means you just need to put your laundry away. You know, one thing that I've done, so mealtimes are stressful for me too. I think it is a, a natural thing because like you said, your brain is tired from making decisions all day, whether you have been working or not. It's just a long time to get to dinner. And once you get there, you're like, ah, and Mm -hmm. meal planning was always super stressful or getting to the end of the day and having to choose something for dinner. And so we started giving the kids, they get to choose dinner. And it's, I mean, we've had mac and cheese on tortillas for dinner, but Mm -hmm. I didn't have to think about it. And to me, the cost benefit analysis of not having to think about like, okay, it's Monday, it's Quinn's night. We're going to have what he chose and he chose mac and cheese burritos. And that's what we're having for dinner. It And it's fun and it sort of empowered them and made them feel like part of the household. So I feel like there's so many things that are happening there that can contribute to what you're talking about of this balancing responsibilities. You know, they're feeling like they're part of the team. They are learning how of a household works and they're going to take those habits forward then, you know, of setting the table to help their spouse or of teaching their kids to set the table to help out, you know, whoever's making dinner that night. So I love that idea of bringing the kids in or bringing your spouse in as an example, you know, to your kids of how a, how a team and a family works together. But you mentioned communication is really important. Mm -hmm. And I know that sometimes those conversations can be a little scary or a little uncomfortable. What do you say to the moms who feel like they want this extra time, this extra mental space? They want to go through the process of figuring out robot vacuums or hiring a babysitter so they can take an exercise class, but they lack a little bit of a confidence in what they need to do to get it. Mm -hmm. So... On our website, we have a ton of tips and information for communicating, having those tough conversations and things like that. But I find overall with, it tends to be men, um, they like a roadmap. They overall might not necessarily understand or inherently think of these things that would help us that seem very obvious to us. But oftentimes in good solid relationships where you're wanting to support each other, if you tell them what it is that will help you, they're often very willing to do those small little things. And so there's kind of a process in having these kind of conversations is starting with soft starts. So often when we're in this place of resentment and stress and overwhelm and all of that stress is bubbling up, we can tend to be like, I'm tired. You're not doing this. I feel like unhelped, unsupported and all of these things. And so it makes sense that they can be somewhat reactionary to that um, because, oh, I'm not enough. She thinks I'm this or that. And so it doesn't necessarily lead to a constructive conversation. So if we can start with soft starts where it's more I'm feeling this, or I've been thinking about how lately, again, tying it into the dinner thing, I'm really stressed out making dinner. And I was thinking about ways that I can make it a bit easier because I don't like being impatient with all of you when I get so stressed out cooking. So one thing that I would love for us to try if you're open to helping me out is if you could please set the table um, or whatever the thing might be. Um, And then kind of another piece of it, um, because I find often we can have these great ideas, we can have these conversations, everyone's happy to do it, but quickly we drop back off to the status quo. And so unfortunately, 
I do think it's just kind of a place. Again, we put this on ourselves, not actually, but we're in this position and it is somewhat on us to be on top of helping that transition if we don't want it to stay and go back to status quo. And that's why I love check-ins, which is something we mention on the blog and in episodes quite often. And it's just regularly checking in. And so say a few days later, you've noticed things have petered back and you've had a stressful moment. It's like, check in with your partner. Hey, I got really stressed out again at dinner. And then I realized we've kind of fallen off our plan. Do you think it would be helpful if I told you at this time, or what can I do to make it easier for you to do this thing for me? And kind of regularly doing check-ins can help with all sorts of things. And it leads the conversation into evolving past that initial change that you're wanting to make. And you can just continuously have the check-in, see where each other is and how you can help each other moving forward. Yeah. And I think that that's so great. Like you said, the soft start and the check-ins typically come from a place of calm and mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know how your partner is, but yeah. like with mine, if I'm coming at him, like claws out, like yeah. I'm not going to get anything accomplished in that. No. So I, I, that's why I love this idea of this. Like when you start to feel that, that pitter patter in your, in your chest or the, like the anxiety around whatever you're doing, instead of waiting till it's out ready to explode, take a deep breath, calm yourself down, think think through your soft start at that point. Or if you notice things are going back to the way that they were before, do it from that calm place before you get to the exploding yes. place. Because yeah, like my husband's having none of that, like none of that. Yeah. If I'm coming at him with my uh, teeth bared and my claws out. Um, and say vice versa when they're in that place too. Like you don't want to have any of it either. It works both ways. Absolutely. You're right. We uh, absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> we can, we aren't the only ones who lose our cool sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some of the greatest benefits that you've experienced personally or that you've seen in your community when a mom steps towards more self-care and personal pursuits for themselves? Honestly, I just think it improves in so many different facets of your life. So say making that time for self-care, getting that extra support, having these regular conversations with your partner is going to really strengthen your relationship as well. Really feel connected, have more fun together and feel more supported that way. So that's just one small thing. Then when you're taking these things off your plate, your mental load goes down, your stress levels go down, you're able to be more patient, be more present with your kids. And then when you're able to have the time to do the things that interest you, you become more happy, more fulfilled, again, more patient, you're able to show up better for those around you. And you just feel a lot better for who you are and yourself and how you feel. Yeah, I think it's a vicious cycle that we allow ourselves to get into where we don't Mm -hmm. think we have time for self-care, so we don't. But then the self-care would be the thing that is going to keep us from feeling anxiety, feeling overwhelmed, feeling overscheduled, feeling like we're not enough, feeling like we're resentful about things. Like there's all these things that could be solved, but it's the thing that we always not always, but there's a thing that we often 
put last is ourselves and taking care of ourselves. And it, and the thing is, it doesn't even have to be like, you go to the spa all day long or you, you know, do I find that just waking up in the morning and having like an hour before my kids wake up where I can have a quiet cup of coffee and meditate or, you know, get some stuff done around the house in quiet feels like self-care to me because it feels luxurious to do it without people asking me questions. So self-care can take all different types of forms. It doesn't necessarily have to be expensive or time-consuming, but really when you start to make it a priority and then have these conversations so that you can balance out all these responsibilities that you have in the home and that you can take that team mentality for everybody's on the team and we're all working together to make this a happy home and better relationship with your partner, all of that is going to work together to just make life so much better, right? Exactly. Just more enjoyable overall. And I actually have a specific example that I thought of for your last question. I was doing some journaling work the other night and I looked back at my journal and it was an entry from one of my like lowest, lower points in my first year of motherhood, extremely resentful, not in a good headspace, did not feel supportive whatsoever. And when I look back on that now, and it's been about three years now, I don't even remember that person. Like, it's so surprising that we were in that situation because over these last three years, it is completely different now. And all it is, is it takes those little baby steps after baby step compounding on top of each other over a period of time. You don't need to make big drastic changes all at once. It's just these little things and keep adding on and adding on. And the improvements are huge over time. Yes. I love that. I'm all for baby steps. I've talked about them when I was an organizer. I talk about them as a coach. I think micro changes are really the way to go. If you really want to see a long-term effect from the changes that you're trying to make. Mm -hmm. So this has been so great. I think you've given us so many great tips on how we can balance our home responsibilities. If anyone is interested in knowing more about your unapologetic motherhood membership or you, where can they find you online or on social media? So it's unapologetic motherhood websites, unapologeticmotherhood.com. Everywhere else, for the most part, is just unapologetic motherhood. Unfortunately, for Instagram, I've had to add an underscore at the end, but I'm sure I'll pop up as soon as you start typing it up. (laughs) Of course, we will have links to all of Janine's resources on our website if you go to businesssavvymama.com slash podcast and search for Janine McKinnon. And Janine, before I let you go today, I've got five quick rapid fire questions that I want to ask you. All right. All right, let's do it. All right. Are you a morning person or a night person? Used to be night, now I'm morning. All right. What's your favorite activity to do with your family? In the forest. All right. What's your favorite activity to do without your family? Quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Quiet outside. Just be quiet outside. Nice. (laughs) What's the best book that you've read or listened to recently? Ooh, right now I am reading The Rebel's Apothecary about using plant medicine, cannabis, and mushrooms for various health and wellness reasons. Ooh, sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. And finally, what is a tool or a hack that makes your mom life or work life easier? Automation. Yeah. Take it off your plate. That's what you're talking about. No more decision fatigue at dinner. We got to automate things. Robot vacuum with work, automation for all my scheduling, all that. 
Love it. Love it. Well, Janine, thank you so much for taking the time out to chat with us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Business Savvy Mama podcast. If you haven't already, hit that follow button so you don't miss an opportunity to take action and start experiencing your most fun and fulfilled life as a mom entrepreneur. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your business-owning mom friends or leave me a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to help other mompreneurs like you start their journey from burnout to blissful. And for even more strategies, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Christy Lingo. I'll be back next week with more strategies to help you experience your most fun and fulfilled savvy business mama life.